What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week seven wide receiver rankings. So just going through the top 36 wideouts for this specific week here in week seven. If you guys have any fantasy questions, you guys know the drill, drop them down below. If you guys are asking questions or enjoying the video, just do me a huge favor and hit that like button. And then if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. But let's just jump right into the rankings. And to be totally honest, the uh, bye weeks this week have really kind of wrecked the elite of the elite at the wide receiver position. I mean, just off the top of my head, we're missing Cup, we're missing Jefferson, we're missing Diggs, and we're missing AJ Brown. That's like three of probably the top three wide receivers. And then AJ Brown is filtering in as like a mid-tier wide receiver one. And then there's also depth pieces like Devonta Smith, Gabe Davis, um, Adam Thielen from these teams who are also pretty involved, you know, as startable options. So the wide receiver position still has some top guys up here, but we are definitely a little thin uh, because of those bye weeks. But starting off here at number one, we have Tyreek Hill going up against the Steelers. Fantastic matchup here for Tyreek Hill and just a guy who's been balling out so far this season. Right behind him, a very, very close second. These guys are really interchangeable. In my opinion, the clear top two this week. I have Jamar Chase here at number two going up against the Falcons. Another guy with a really, really strong matchup. Both of these guys, Hill and Chase, obviously both studs at the wide receiver position, but both of them also do have very favorable matchups. Then at number three, I have Devontae Adams going up against the Texans. Another high-end wide receiver one. At four, this is where I actually have C.D. Lamb going up against the Lions. And I think this is where we see C.D. Lamb really kind of trend up rest of season. We have Dak Prescott very likely to make his return here. Obviously, that's going to bump up C.D. Lamb's touchdown upside and just the overall ceiling of this offense. So far this season, C.D. Lamb has a 33.3% target share that is number one in the NFL. He's averaging 10 targets per game. Now you bring in a higher volume passing attack with Dak going up against the Lions who have allowed the ninth most points per game to the wide receiver position. So I think C.D. Lamb is an absolute smash play this week. I mean, as he's been basically the entire season. Number five, I have Debo Samuel, someone who's kind of been underperforming, but the overall usage is still there. The touchdowns are going to come. I think brighter days are ahead for Debo Samuel. Plus, this could turn into a very pass-heavy game script for the 49ers, so something to look out for there also. Kansas City Chiefs have given up a decent amount of points to the uh, wide receiver position. Number six, I have Amon Ross St. Brown going up against the Cowboys. This is a tough matchup against the Cowboys, but I still think Amon Ross is pretty much matchup proof at this point. The only concern I would have here for Amon Ra is the ankle injury. We don't want to be running into a situation like we saw in week five where he's active, we're starting him, and then he's playing like 50% of the snaps. That's obviously what we're trying to avoid. You know, he's coming off the bye week, so he should be rested. He was still a limited participant in practice, so something to monitor there. But a healthy Amon Ra is a mid-tier wide receiver one. Then at number seven, I have Jalen Waddell, and this is another player who's a little banged up here. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, but everything else around him is trending up. We have two a returning clear and concussion protocol. So far this season, he's the wide receiver 11 in points per game, and he's done that, you know, despite having some rough performances in the game where Tua got hurt, and then the uh, first start with Bridgewater starting and then get knocked out. So he had, you know, two rough games without his starting quarterback and is still the wide receiver 11 in points per game. And then he's going up against the Steelers who have allowed the most points per game to the wide receiver position for fantasy. So a great matchup for Waddle if he is healthy and able to play this week. Right behind him, I have T Higgins. I mean, we've basically got Hill and Chase at one and two. I've got Waddle and Higgins at seven and eight, both in great matchups, both on top offenses. Just love these guys this week. 
Number nine, I have Michael Pittman coming off of a big game going up against the Titans. People were really concerned about this Colts offense. I'm obviously not expecting them to uh, repeat the passing volume they saw last week, but I still think Pittman is going to be you know, a really strong fringe wide receiver one rest of season. And then this week with all the bye weeks you know, to the top guys, he does kind of filter in here to the top 12. At 10 and 11, I have back-to-back Buccaneers wide receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I feel like Chris Godwin has quietly kind of closed the gap on Mike Evans' rest of season. I'd still take Evans just for his massive weekly ceiling, but I think both of these guys are strong wide receiver one plays this week. Hopefully we see some improvements with the uh, overall Buccaneers offense. And then to wrap up the top 12, I have DK Metcalf here going up against the Chargers. Solid matchup here for Metcalf. I'm expecting a nice solid bounce back this week out of DK Metcalf. Then at 13, I have Mike Williams, just the clear definition of boomer bust on a weekly basis. It looks like Keenan Allen is likely going to miss another week, so leaving uh, Mike Williams as the number one once again. I think this may be one of his boom weeks, but just the uncertainty kind of places him just on the outside of the top 12. At 14, I have Chris Olave. Some of you guys may think this is high on Olave. For me personally, I'm a huge Olave guy rest of season. He's going to be returning from his concussion, playing here on Thursday night. We have Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry out. And when Chris Olave has been on the field the last three weeks, he has just been an absolute stud. Last three weeks in PPR points, 23.7, 16.7, and 15.4. That is 18.6 points per game. This is a young wide receiver who's going to be trending up rest of season. Regardless of the quarterback situation, I think Olave is going to feast. And, you know, I don't probably love him as a high-end wide receiver two rest of season, but given the bye weeks, I think it gives him that push from a mid-tier wide receiver two option up to a higher end wide receiver two. 15, I have Tyler Lockett. Like I said about Metcalf, expecting a bounce back. Same thing out of Lockett. At 16, I have Amari Cooper. He's been a little boomer bust also, but overall pretty impressive. Decent matchup here against the Ravens. I think he's a nice wide receiver two play. 17, I have Cortland Sutton. Unfortunate here for Sutton, coming off of a rough game, going up against the Jets. Not exactly an easy matchup here for Cortland Sutton. There's just an overall level of concern for all of these Broncos weapons. It's tough to trust Russ. I do think Sutton is still definitely playable as a nice wide receiver to play, but I wouldn't you know, be telling the truth if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous about the overall play of Russell Wilson moving forward. If this Broncos offense had kind of hit the way a lot of people were kind of expecting coming into the season, I think we'd be looking at Cortland Sutton as like a top 10, top eight wide receiver at this point, but unfortunately it has not for fantasy purposes. So he is here at 17. At 18, I have Jacoby Myers, a very high weekly floor and someone who's just been a really solid play through four games or through his four games this season, going up against the Bears on, I believe, Monday Night Football. Then I have DeAndre Hopkins here at 19, returning from his six-game suspension here in week seven. I think there are some clear question marks, red flags here with DeAndre Hopkins. He's a 30-year-old wide receiver coming off of a steroid suspension after a down 2021 season. So those are pretty clear red flags. The positives are he's stepping into the offense where he should be the clear-cut number one with, obviously, uh, Hollywood Brown out. Now, full transparency here, I'm pretty sure if, you know, D-Hop had no suspension, we're coming into the season, we're drafting him where he's got a clean slate, he's playing week one. I don't think I would have many shares of DeAndre Hopkins just because I think he'd probably be picked as, like, a mid-tier wide receiver two where I would have valued him more as, like, a fringe top 24 guy. So if you have DeAndre Hopkins and maybe you're not over the moon about him, I'd be interested if I could be selling him for 
a mid to high end wide receiver two option. Somehow I ended up with uh, D Hop on like two of my teams. He wasn't really someone I was overly targeting, but it kind of just fell to me. I would be just throwing out offers for guys like Godwin, who's another dude, Higgins maybe, hasn't exactly produced a ton recently. Just some guys in that range, underachieving players who could be top 10. I'd just be throwing out some offers out there if you're not married to uh, DeAndre Hopkins this season. At 20, I have Deontay Johnson, definitely been an underperformer. Didn't really think I would be slotting him in as a top 20 guy, but those bye weeks, you know, have kind of set it up that way. At 22, I have Christian Kirk going up against the Giants. Definitely been underwhelming the last few weeks. The overall concern is just the drop-off in volume. I do think he's probably going to pick that up a little bit, but I think when we're looking at his, you know, first three games compared to his last three, I feel like he's probably going to find a common ground between those two. Like after three weeks, we were looking at Christian Kirk as like a potential high-end wide receiver to play. I don't think that's going to be the case rest of season, but I also still think he's going to be someone who can be relied upon as a weekly starter. Now at 22, I have Rashad Bateman here, and I honestly don't know if he's going to play. He did return to practice on Wednesday, so a good sign there. I did just kind of want to throw him in here in case he was going to play. Seems like a lot more likely that he plays compared to a guy like Keenan Allen, who I did not put on this list. So he's going up against the uh, Cleveland Browns. I still think Bateman's going to be a top 24 play. We've seen the Ravens kind of struggle in terms of their skill position guys outside of Mark Andrews. I think when he's back, he's going to have a strong role. Looked really nice in week one and week two. So someone that I'm definitely not giving up on. Like I've seen some people in the comment section, you know, like even talking about dropping Rashad Bateman. I would definitely advise against that. I still think he's going to be very startable moving forward. At 23, I have Brandon Cooks. Disappointing start to the season going up against the Raiders. He's not someone I'm super high on, but I'm also not, you know, hitting the panic button. I still think he's going to be a solid wide receiver three weekly flex play. Then I have back-to-back commanders wide receivers, Curtis Samuel at 24, Terry McLaurin at 25. I'm still taking Curtis Samuel over Terry McLaurin at this point, just due to the fact that they can manufacture Curtis Samuel touches. Carson Wentz is out. Taylor Heineke is in. Not exactly an ideal situation for these wide receivers, but I mean, I think the position this week is pretty thin, so they do kind of uh, fill in here as borderline wide receiver twos. 26, I have Al Lazard. I think he has kind of outproduced his overall volume. I don't think. I know he has outproduced his overall volume, but he is scoring. He has shown to be a, a touchdown threat with Aaron Rodgers. So he's actually in that same matchup with Samuel and Terry McLaurin going up against the Commanders. So I think a high-end wide receiver three this week. Then at 27, I have Rondell Moore going up against the Saints. I think Rondell Moore is honestly a pretty solid start this week. Someone who may be flying under the radar in terms of being like a weekly start. In that uh, role he's in, the Greg Dortch role the first three weeks, Rondell Moore the last three weeks, that role is averaging 12.3 PPR points per game. We've got Hollywood Brown out. We've got DeAndre Hopkins in, Robbie Anderson in. Moore's the guy who has the continuity here with Kyler Murray. Obviously, Kyler's played with D-Hop, but I mean, like he's the guy who has been in this offense. Everything else is getting kind of shaken around here. So I think Rondell Moore can give you some nice, solid production. I think he has a pretty safe floor, you know, on a week-to-week basis. So I like him here as a wide receiver three flex option. At 28, I have Juju Smith-Schuster finally showcased a ceiling game. Obviously, I don't think we're going to be getting that consistently, but it's good to see out of him. I think a nice wide receiver three flex. 29, I have Brandon Ayuk. I know some people really like the potential upside this week of Ayuk, given the uh, potential shootout against the Chiefs. I think it's possible, you know, maybe Jimmy has a ton of passing volume. 
Maybe it translates to a solid Brandon Ayuk game. All I'm saying is that I don't want to overweight a potential matchup here because I'm almost positive that if Brandon Ayuk doesn't have that big breakout uh, this past week, like no one's even considering starting him. So I do just want to throw that out there. Like if Ayuk had that breakout game week one and then what, like four or five straight disappointing games, no one's hyped up about Ayuk this week. Maybe he's building something. Maybe not. Personally, I think he's more of like a fringe star if you have a cup, a Jefferson, an A.J. Brown, who's the other one, uh, Stefan Diggs on by, then maybe you're filtering him in. But if you have a full strength team, he's not someone I'm trying to like force into my lineup. 30, I have Drake London. An unfortunate fall here for Drake London going up against the Bengals. Just unfortunate here because it's not really a Drake London issue. He is wildly talented. I mean, you put him on an average team, I think he's in that Chris Olave territory of production. Maybe he's even knocking on the door of a top 12 spot, but just in this offense with the Falcons, the volume's not there. The uh, passing touchdowns aren't there. So this is where he's going to be slotting in now. 31, Romeo Dobbs continues to run a really strong number of routes, just hasn't led to the same production as a guy like uh, Alan Lazard, but someone who I do think can be you know, a back-end flex wide receiver three given the bye weeks. 32, I have Michael Gallup going up against the Lions. I think this is the first time he has cracked this list. He's had solid route participation in his three games back from that ACL tear. He saw seven targets on Sunday, didn't really do anything with them, but I think he could actually have his first big breakout here with Dak Prescott back in week seven. There's just not a ton of wide receivers that I love behind him, so I'm willing to take a little bit of a swing here. Maybe he doesn't have a very safe floor, but I do think this could be a solid game against Gallup in a nice matchup against the Lions, like I talked about with C.D. Lamb. 33, I have Tyler Boyd. You typically don't love to be throwing wide receiver threes for a team on these rankings, but he has a strong matchup against the Falcons and a thin week at wide receiver. I think it's fair. Jerry Judy here at 34 going up against the Jets. Disappointing start to the season for Judy. Not really sure what percent of it is on him compared to Russ. Obviously, I'd lean more to the Russ Hackett side of the blame there, but just for fantasy-wise, I'm not sure how we you know, continue to start him with any confidence. 35, Alec Pierce, three straight really startable weeks. Would like to see him close that gap with Paris Campbell and snaps. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe it does You know, this week, next few weeks. We'll have to wait and see. And then the final player, I guess, slash players is uh, George Pickens and Chase Claypool, the 2-3, 3-2, however you want to look at it for the Steelers going up against the Dolphins. Just an interesting, you know, desperate flex play. It's tough because I do still expect Deontay Johnson to be leading this team in targets. So then you're kind of looking at the scraps for Claypool Pickens. It's obviously going to be tough for both of those guys to give you production on a week-to-week basis. But, you know, I guess just take your shot on one of those. Pickens had back-to-back strong games week four and week five. And then Claypool had the big game in week six. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 36 wide receivers. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. If you guys did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. As you guys know, ask your questions down below. I have the week seven running back rankings out also, so go check those out. Thank you again, and I'll see you guys in the next one.